Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside. In this interview, I'm speaking with Australian filmmaker Maya Newell, who has just released a documentary called In My Blood It Runs. It's the story of a young Aborigine boy called Duan, who lives in the Northern Territories of Australia. He's a child healer, a hunter, and speaks three languages, yet he's failing in school and is under scrutiny from welfare agencies and the police. I talked to the director about the film and the issues behind it. Maya Newell, really, uh, really lovely to meet you. Why did you want to tell the story? In My Blood It Runs has been developed over many years. It's set where I was living in Alice Springs in the middle of the desert in Australia on Arundo land. And I was invited, oh God, maybe a decade ago to make films about the empowering work that elders are doing there to educate kids in language and culture and identity. And I was invited up to sit at this massive women's camp at that time. And I was fresh. I was 21 and had not been to the territory, had not sat out on country with elders before. And I went through a really amazing learning process over those 10 years, invited back and made films with families going out to country for their first time, recording song lines and archives that were private for family only, made heaps of mistakes. And... I suppose the relationships with the grandmothers at Akilira, which is the healing centre, the organisation that invited me out, um, developed organically into In My Blood It Runs, which was the first time probably over that period that I felt I could make something that was for public, you know. And we made In My Blood It Runs in collaboration with those elders uh, and with Duan's family and one of the grandmothers I work with, Duan is his is her granddaughter, grand grandson. Obviously, uh, with colonisation, there has been huge, huge tragedy and trauma for these people. But I get a sense that by being rooted in their own culture and the work that you're doing with that film, there's almost a um, I don't know. Renaissance isn't really the right word, maybe, but there, there's something now going on that's quite exciting. Yeah, so what I've learned from Arunda elders and Duan's family over these years is that there is a continuous culture that has been going on for a long time. People are deeply proud and deeply connected. Very, We're very lucky that um, for Arunda Nation, which is where Alice Springs and that township is built, uh, people still have their language, but it's by no means strong and it's by no means being supported by government or any institutions to continue in any way and I suppose that is in part what the film is about it's about a young child and Dewan is a traditional healer also he has Nangra which is like um, powers for healing his family and he's trying to learn Arunda and trying to learn his top-end language of Garoa and it's really hard when you don't it's not taught in schools um, when the world around you is, is not encouraging trips out into country and, and valuing that um, core sense of identity. So it, the film, I suppose, shows that, that struggle with assimilation and how you, how you manage that as a 10-year-old boy who's just becoming cognizant of that complexity in Australia today. D describe him for me, the, the, um, Duan, because you smiled then. There was a big yeah. smile on your face when you said... Well, Duan is really the reason why... We've, we made this film. He's incredibly intelligent, cheeky, totally um, really grounded and he has you know, a child, a wisdom in him even though he is 10 years old. He's able to articulate 
very complex adult uh, concepts, but in a totally poetic and beautiful way. And it was his figure of speech and his energy and his um, yeah, understanding of the world that made me really want to make a film about him. There's something that a child can tell an adult um, or an Australian public <laughs> um, that I think sometimes lots of adults fail to do. Did making this film change you or influence you in any way? Um, with this film, I've learnt so much. Um, as a non-Indigenous person and someone living on Australian shores, I cannot think of a more um, serious issue that Australia as a nation needs to deal with. Um, you know, the treatment of our First Nations people is, and the genocide, ongoing genocide of people is horrendous. So it was, a, yeah, a transformation for me and their relationships that I'll continue to have throughout my life. Before you started filming, did you have a plan in mind or did you have an approach in mind of how you wanted to, to do this? What I thought I was making a film about when we started what, in 2016 or so was about First Nations led or First Nations education and I thought it was absurd that these children who I spent time with would go out on their homelands and they'd be fluent in one, two, three first indigenous languages. You know, Duane is a healer. They're incredibly confident in, in how they walk in the world. And they're also the same kids that were being told they were failures at school. Right. And it's no surprise because they're measured by Western values and only taught in English. And so I thought we were making a film about that. And as I walked with Duan and we filmed um, and he started playing up at school for obvious reasons. Um, I saw how he was faced with, you know, juvenile justice system out to lock him up and kids like him up uh, and also child protection system which was threatening to remove him from, from his family. And for him, all of those systems, education, juvenile justice, child protection are intrinsically intertwined. They're not separate silos as we like to see in the West. And I realised we're making a film about something much larger. So that was my learning process. And um, I suppose in the end, it's not the film that I thought we were making. It was, and we had to really support Dwight and his family through all of that, as well as make a film. Certainly in academic circles, these issues are known about and I think they've been known about for, for some time. What, what's, what's the lag in terms of government and schools and police and institutions? What, what, what's the lag in, in them catching up to the fact that this has been the completely wrong system for these kids? What, what's going on there, do you think? I don't know. It, it seems quite simple to me. You know, it's a UN declaration of Indigenous people that children should have a right to learn in their own culture and through their own language. So it's, it's quite straightforward, you know, in, in many ways. Um, I think the, the disconnect of connecting of all of those systems is, it should be very plain to see. I mean, when we started filming, um, there was the allegations from Dondale Youth Detention Centre that were spread internationally around the world, um, which showed the torture of you know, Indigenous children in um, the Northern Territory jails and at the time of filming and I think still currently like every single child in youth detention are, were Indigenous in, in Northern Territory 
which is a pretty crazy statistic, like every child. Um, and I don't know how you can't see education as being uh, in, intrinsic to that solution. And I think, I don't know if this answers your question, but probably the one learning I've come to from listening to Duan's family and, and following them over the many years is that it all comes back to the agency of First Nations people to lead their own decisions and solutions. And that is very apparent as a key message and, and uh, in the film too, because every solution that works for Duan is something that his family um, come to, not a solution that, is, <coughs> that comes from a system that is meant to lift him up. It just surprises me that I had hoped in the 21st century more of us were getting the sense that the way we've done things in the past simply hasn't worked and for Indigenous people it's been an absolute disaster. And so keep repeating those same behaviours from an institution and a government level is going to just keep creating, recreating that disaster. I guess that's what puzzles me in this. It's getting to the point in Australia and um, you know, that the only thing we have not tried is to give people the agency to choose what they want. And yet we live in countries that are supposed to be about freedom and empowerment. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a paradox. We're very lucky to be rolling out a social impact campaign with the release of this film and one of the people involved in that has been Megan Mitchell who's the, Indig the um, Children's Commissioner for the Human Rights Commission and she saw the film and she felt that it really reflected this idea she's been trying to put across for a long time that while Australia is still a very you know, modern, wealthy country, there are still pockets of extreme disadvantage and a huge failure to meet the you know, children's rights, um, basic human rights in that country, which is, I think, still quite shocking for most people. When you think of Australia, you don't think of that. Hmm. I guess because a lot of the t time has been hidden, hasn't it? Yeah. And people, people don't want to know. It, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, they can you know wave the flag on Australia Day, but similar issues in New Zealand, of course. You know. Yeah, it's nice that you say that because I am very interested to screen here at New Zealand Film Festival and see how this film sits in the context of New Zealand. Um, I know there's lots of co big conversations around the removal of Maori children Absolutely. from their families, Still. Still. and I think that New Zealand probably looks to Australia and says, "Oh, we're not that bad," you know. Which is a problem. Which is a problem um, because I think the core of the issues experienced by Duan in, in My Blood It Runs um, probably, you know, are, are reflected here as well. So. Absolutely. Um, it'd be interesting to see that. What's the emotional journey been for you through this film? Has it been, uh, have there been times where you've been angry because of, because of the subject matter and, and, and the effect on these people? Uh, has there been moments of sadness, moments of joy? Just share something like that if you can. Oh, um, yeah, all of those things. I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the roller coaster of, of filmmaking and probably the, the hardest thing along the journey has been to work out the best way to support Duan and there's always a schism in documentary where you are capturing a story and with everyone's um, yeah capturing a story for the public which is 
what everyone agrees to and everyone wants to do that because they believe in fighting for change but it doesn't mean that in the moment of shooting you're in a constant state of doubt and, and questioning whether that is the right thing to be capturing tricky tricky moments with, with a young boy so probably the hardest thing is to has been the duty of care around Duan and all of the families and advisors coming together to build that plan and essentially to make sure that that he is okay throughout this and you know there's a there's a lot of worry to do that in the right way and I'm very proud of how we how we dealt with it in the end but you know it's been hairy moments for sure and lots of times where we thought we wouldn't have a film at the end of it partially because we weren't prepared to release a story into the world that was not strength-based. Yeah, no, I, I can fully understand that. And I guess there's always that challenge of you are telling a story, but you're kind of involved in it because you are telling that story. So how do you manage the tension around that is, is always um, a challenge. Um, but also, I suppose on the opposite side, there is the privilege and, and joy and of going up and having the experience of sitting with families on their country in some of the most remote places of Australia and witnessing, you know, families fishing and, and being on country and, and hunting and that is some of the most joyful, joyful moments throughout the process. That was Maya Newell discussing her documentary In My Blood It Runs, currently screening in the New Zealand International Film Festival. Hopefully the film will return to New Zealand cinemas at some point in the future. I'm Andrew Whiteside. If you like this interview, please share it and visit my website, andrewwhiteside.com, for a whole lot more content. Thank you for listening.